and 26. Uh, we're talking about persuasion in sales today. And um, this is a topic I think we've covered. How crazy it is, is it says? I think we covered this a hundred. It was a hundred and what I looked it up. It was a hundred and one or 102 episodes ago, I think. It was that episode like 154. So there are 100 episodes later. I'm sure we've done it again since, but I remember seeing it over the weekend. We've done something similar. So welcome to uh, Start a Business Q&A. Uh, if you're watching right now, make sure you um, let me know where you're watching from. Jump into the comments and pop in there if you're watching live from uh, anywhere in particular. So where are you watching from in terms of your location? and uh, put in the hashtag team live or hashtag team replay. Uh, and let me know if you're watching uh, on the replay a bit later on. Shout out to everyone listening on the podcast. I always appreciate you lot and thank you for the uh, continued messages as well. Uh, if you're joining in right now, um, we are doing a session on persuasion. So it's persuasion specifically in selling. Uh, but there's a lot of people who've already submitted some questions on this, on this questionnaire, on this topic area um relating to different themes as well a couple of things too i will be giving away 50 dollars today uh to it's just a giveaway we do giveaways all the time and i'm um this is a giveaway from of course the entrepreneur business group i have an announcement as well re relating to entrepreneur business live uh if you don't know what that is uh, about to, it was 2008 i think it was july or august 2008 I launched Entrepreneur Business Live, which is an in-person event series. The series, uh, it was really simple format. It was just business events, two hours. First hour was three speakers against the topic, and the second hour would have been networking. We hosted them at WeWork because you get free beer as well. And we had them all over the world. We ran 26 since then, from then all the way through to February this year. So Atlanta, Ottawa, LA, San Francisco, New York, London, Barcelona, um, Melbourne, Chicago, all over the world. We ran them. We raised thousands of dollars for charity. And the good news is Entrepreneur Business Live, which is a completely driving money into local charities kind of event, will be resurrected in the new year. So uh, last week I spoke to someone about the new website that's going to be going up and there'll be a three pronged approach to Entrepreneur Business Live now. One is the approach where we build it with the events. So uh, myself and what we did last time, which was uh, city ambassadors. These are people around the world, uh, such as the amazing Alison Fisher, who hosted in New York, uh, the amazing Heather Parody, who hosted in Atlanta, um, Tima, Christina and um, Diana, who hosted in Melbourne and so on. These people uh, and myself uh, will be hosting events uh, around the world. But in addition, you'll be able to host your own Entrepreneur Business Live. So the website will give you all the tools you need to build your own event and run that. Uh, the idea behind them being that it's great speaking, uh, there's great networking, but of course that you can also donate to charity. But there's a third prong as well, which is you know relevant to our times, which is I'll be rolling out uh, the um, uh, rolling out the, the the virtual version as well. So more on that in the new year, uh, but I'm just really pumped about this because it's about time. It's been like nine months, I think it was, uh, since we had uh, Atlanta and London, I think it was February or March this year. And we had, I remember we booked uh, Amsterdam and we booked also um, Miami as well with Brian Derek uh, over there. But unfortunately we had to pause them all. So that's had to be Put on a hold, but it'll be back in the new year with a brand new, fresh website. I'm very excited. It looks slick. 
the guy doing it, there'll be more on him soon um, when it comes out, has done some amazing work. So I'm really pumped about that in 2021 and the events will be back. And so hopefully we can really start scaling with this approach and it will mean that we can drive even more money to charity because it really does matter that if you can raise a, attention and awareness that it's madness that you don't do, use it for good. So that's why it was so thrilling to be able to say uh, raise money for charities uh, around the world. And I spoke to Drive Forward Foundation this morning to Lucy Elamad, who um, was the London uh, charity partner. We raised a lot of money for them uh, the last year and a half or so uh, prior to the lockdown. And I'm thrilled to be continuing working with them for one of the London events. So. Uh, pumped this uh, if it means nothing to any of you lot it means something to me at least it's a huge thing um to be able to bring that back and um i've kind of missed it it was a really good vehicle for me to go and visit and meet people but also it's really a way for us all to get together and raise money so adding the virtual element means that we can ideally navigate through social distancing issues and things like that as the um coronavirus still gets tackled with so in the meantime let's look at the questions for today if you have a question you'd like to share um, uh, in, in the comments about persuasion in sales then do jump in and share uh, right away whatever your question is uh, see who is uh, watching right now below is watching from Malaysia you'd see here Daniel Nunes perfect presumably to entrepreneur business live uh, Zev Gomez hey Richard more long time good to see you as well my man uh, Daniel's live from Phoenix uh, who else we've got team live uh, Nitin is watching team live right now uh, what's up, Richard? Hello from India. Good to see you here as well. Thank you so much, everyone, for jumping in. Um, Summer McAfee, that is a love that is a charity giving component. It was, five, it was just under $5,000 that were raised last year, uh, Summer. And I'm trying to focus it always on charities to do with um, uh, things like uh, education and helping with the youth. Um, ultimately, uh, it's because, I can share this, it's, it's not done yet, but in probably probably a year to a year, 18 months or so, I will be launching my foundation. Uh, my own foundation will be, um, there's nothing wrong with charities and what they do, but I want to have more control over where money goes to. So my ultimate legacy, I'm excited about uh, building a foundation of my own uh, that gives me direction, allows me to give direction in terms of where money can go so that we can really do great things with it. So I'm, I'm so pumped for it. And I'm thank you for your um, uh, support on it. It's going to be a really exciting stuff. Live from New York's his hands-on approaches. Uh, uh, it's amazing to see that you're there. Uh, Ian Tisker as well watching on Instagram. Great to see you're pumped about it. If we do a New York one again, that will be the fourth one. We really did uh, great work there with um, the charity Pencils of Promise. I love that we partnered with them and CJ has always been very useful. Uh, CJ um, uh, Stanfield, thank you very much for your help there as well. Uh, so I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, who else have we got jumping in? Uh, Steve Warnerhouse, also my work, Richard, thank you. Uh, LinkedIn user says uh, hello from Calcutta, someone from Paris as well. Uh, if you guys have got privacy on, I can't see who it was. Nick Pass, did you learn your sales skills to myself? Sadly, no. Well, probably good that I didn't. No, no, I didn't, Nick, actually. It predates you. Um, I think you may have been. Well, 2002, where, where Nick Pass is a friend I have uh, from London. I think you're probably, you would have been out of primary school, <laughs> but certainly into, um, uh, probably not out of uniform, old boy. So uh, yes, not, unfortunately not. Hey, Justin, uh, good to see you as well. Nice to see you, for, thanks for jumping in. Uh, and lots more people jumping in. I'm really pumped about all of these people. Thank you. Next week is a big deal as well, episode 257, because it will be the first one in 
a new partnership of live events. So next week will be the first one working with Restream. They'll be an official partner of Startup Business Q&A. It means only good things for you lot. It means to have a greater focus on these live streams moving forward there'll be an instant in them from me uh, and beyond that we'll be doing more in the way of giveaways there's one today is in my own pocket but restream will be supporting us the literally the exact words they love how relevant we are uh, to the area they're focusing on so we target business with this uh, live stream uh, we target kind of audience for them as well and they are here to help uh, not just with the platform itself but certainly in terms of making sure the right people uh, see it, but also benefit. So we're, we're directly going to be giving away a lot of the great restream rest, rest swag. I've got my eye on t-shirts and things like that, people want it, but, um, but probably you're a bit more interested in free memberships and subscriptions, and that's what I've negotiated that we'll have as well. So that'd be awesome. Discotech says, I've never heard a proper British diss. Uh, did I just do one? Uh, that will, yeah, there's plenty of them out there. Uh, it depends where you're from. Sometimes they're a bit more abundant than others based on where you live in the UK. Uh, M. Younger, that's a great initiative to invest in the society while impacting on youth. Yeah, just to, just to re go back, back over this, with Entrepreneur Business Live, the idea is that we're helping those who show up. So those in the room learn. This is great. They learn from these great speakers. We often have a panel discussion uh, and they have a networking session. Then the second level is we also help people around the world learn because these events stream live i'm building to a segue these events stream live into the entrepreneur business group which is the group i've had for five years on um facebook from which today's giveaway um uh, originated and um so there's four and a half thousand people in that and what is wonderful is whenever the events are live they stream directly to the um to the uh, uh to, to the facebook group so i remember atlanta and heather parody was running that uh um which was uh, randall blizzard was there also joy mcadams some heavyweights from linkedin and uh, i was in london watching watching the live stream i remember i think i was in i've never been in the city at the time which is really wonderful to be able to see it around the world with people enjoying it but the third level you're quite right is that we simultaneously drive money into um, local charities, so they don't even know the events are on, but the charities, and just to be really clear on how um, intentional I am about this, we don't just say, oh yeah, cursory wave to a charity and we put a little logo somewhere. We have them front and center. So the, the way the event starts is that the charity stands up, they are, they're actually there in person and they speak to everyone. And then all money, it's not just profit or a portion of the money, all of the money from the tickets goes to charity. So I work very hard to make sure these events run for free. Um, uh, Rich Cardona's just joined on Instagram. My man, it's good to see you here. As a good example, we actually um, shot some content there at the September Entrepreneur Business Live last year in Miami. It's a hard job, right, having to go to Miami. But it was good to meet there as well. And it's really important to make sure um, that we are doing this all over the place. Because again, if we have people like Rich and, and amazing speakers, we had Shay Robotham and Shanae Murray speaking at a Miami event last year, it really means we've got you know heavyweight clout that drives greater attention. In turn, that feeds more money into local charities as well. So it really means a lot to me that we do these things right. Let's get into um, questions and then I'll do the giveaway. And the giveaway came from the Entrepreneur Business Group. So if you have a chance after this or you know open another tab, uh, go to Facebook, search Entrepreneur Business Group, join in there, and you'll see about once a month we do a great giveaway. 
usually it's just money. Uh, so I'm giving away $50 for the best question, best answer even. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. First question though from today comes from Marcelo uh, Pedriaggi, my friend over from uh, Brazil. Uh, he says, Richard, um, he just simply made a statement, persuade many clients versus persuade target client, broad versus niche. I think he wants me to comment on this. The difference between persuading many and persuading the few is that is yes, you could be broad or you could be niche, but there's also different tools or approaches you, you should be bearing in mind. A great example being that you should be using content and ads if you're gonna target the masses and for targeting the few, as in the individuals, then you really should be using comments, DMs and uh, video calls basically in these world, in the world we're in at the moment. So that's, that's kind of what's crucial about it. But you need to decide like how, where's your balance going to be? And I've already said this uh, many times before, this idea of efficiency versus effectiveness. So if you have an efficient approach, it allows you to get to lots of people at once, content adverts. Whereas if you're looking to, to be more effective in persuading and selling, sure, you can have great content, you might have great ad campaign, but you cannot beat speaking to the individual. It's more effective than efficient because it takes more of your time. But how I cut my teeth on online consulting uh, starting back in 2014, 2015, was that on Facebook, I would engage with the individual. Sure, I would attract people with content, but I would mostly focus on the individual because one-on-one, -on -one, you can really tune into that particular subject in front of you, that person in front of you, rather than trying to kind of manage everyone at the same time. But if you get your niche right, and as I would call it, your hyper niche, so go niche within a niche, <laughs> you end up with a real tight focus of people and it's far more effective um, when you're putting out a very tight, pure signal about what you're talking about. So your content now actually can target a niche. So what I'm saying here is you should try to have a macro and micro approach for a very tight niche of people. So what that looks like is you're not trying to get masses of following, you're trying to get the right following that's super tight. And just forget numbers for a sec, focus on the right people. What it does is it drives your um, your uh, visibility really well within a very small sliver of people. And, and there's a worry that many have about focusing on a particularly tight niche that they're going to be, you know, saying goodbye to everyone else. The truth is that no matter how tight your niche is, there's probably still hundreds of thousands or millions of people you could tap into. So the more niche you are, the more effective you can be. So be really efficient, sure, with trying to gather, you know, eyeballs within a niche, but make sure you're speaking to the individuals. Um, because if you can do that, if you can get one-on-one -on -one with comments and DMs, it makes you come across as present. When you come across as present, people realize you're there and they can actually interface and speak to, with, with you. That's a wonderful moment because then they realize you're actually right there and you can actually, you know, you can start some kind of one-on-one -on -one dialogue. And from there, we can, we can move into more persuasive spaces. Um, but you know, you, you need to speak to your niche even if you're doing broad things. So uh, my ad campaign recently on Facebook, my, um, my content as well, they still, it still speaks to a tight niche because otherwise I'm trying to call everyone and the message gets diluted if I'm trying to be more general. So you've got to really watch that without question, okay? So um, great start, uh, thank you very much for that, Marcelo. Um, Daniel Nunes, a uh, stalwart of entrepreneur of uh, startup business Q and A, uh, out in Phoenix, has said, "How do you make how to make stone soup? 
I genuinely have never heard that expression before. So it must be a, a US thing or perhaps uh, uh, an Arizona thing. I don't know. Uh, politics is persuasion, says Daniel. How can we persuade others to commit to a cause when the entrepreneurial environment is so volatile and most are conserving rather than investing and donating? Uh, it's true that more people are conserving uh, and less people probably are investing and donating. It doesn't mean uh, we mustn't take that as an extreme and, and think that means that no one is. It's not true. It's not true because there's still an abundance of people who are investing and doing well. And some people do really well. And even though it's a pandemic and potential recessions and things like that, they're still actually doing fine. So if that's the case, then you need to not concern yourself that there's no one out there. Yes, it is a little harder to find them. Yes, there are less of them. But without question, you can find people who are who are absolutely like, you know, interested in investing and interested in giving money. And but, but you know, let's be a bit more realistic here about what you can do as well. First or first of all, it's always about us first. You know, what can we do to attract people? Is our reputation such that, you know, we're not looking like we're just trying to sell out to try and close something or to get someone to invest or to get someone to donate? Are we actually do it being honorable? If you look at people who can draw a crowd and, and get attention and get people to speak uh, to, you know, no, no, there's been a moment, definitely didn't want to put it, get people to kind of step forward and give some money or, or donate or something like that. You look, you look at people like Oprah, look at people like Sarah Blakely, look at people like Elon Musk even, they have a wonderful reputation in the main. And what it represents is this personality of openness and not trying to gain people. And so by being, being decent and transparent as well, you do find you've got then people who are you have a lot more trust naturally. And so when that when they ask for things, people are much more likely to step forward and engage. So I think that's really crucial to start with. Again, like Richard Branson, people like that, you know, make sure you're on, you know, you're seen as a good person by being a good person as well. That's really important. This sounds touchy feely, but it's a really good start point because people see the good in you when you when you consistently are a good person outwardly it really really matters and the older i get the more i realize this matters more than anything um reputation's everything it's huge and you can't have you know trying trying to dodge or hide from scandal that you may be creating in your life it's a really bad idea it's just better to try and stay a little bit squeaky clean because you then find that people look at you in the right way do good by the people and you end up getting a lot of good return i find especially if you want people to then step forward and do something in your direction. Um, but think also about things like biases. A bias is important to be aware of because in terms of persuasion, you need to look at the people, your, who are your, your audience. Um, think about showing people the implication of not doing anything, you know, show them the outcome. If they do do something, uh, as in investing or donating, uh, look at things like sharing what other people have done, share what the herd is up to. Uh, herd mentality is huge. If everyone is clapping, you start clapping, right? And if everyone is donating, you start donating. It's a really important way of looking at things. Social proof as well. So like testimonials, people talking about what you do. Entrepreneur Business Live gathered some real momentum last year because we got this, we got this kind of network effect. We started to talk about it a lot more and we just kept bringing up good stories of people doing really nice things. And 
that's why, and I knew that was working because the indicator for me was when I asked anyone if they're interested in helping or speaking or even hosting, that's giving a lot of their time for free. People weren't saying, uh, yeah, go on then. They were saying it'd be an honor. Like I would love to help and be part of it because this is, it was a movement that sat above, you know, just lining my pockets, for instance. So people are really happy uh, to help because it was all focused on, on helping other people and giving money to charity. So you got to look at, look at like, what is your cause? Where are the values and are you projecting in the right way? So people see the best of you. And then in turn, you know, are you, um, are you leveraging biases in the right way? Cause it does make people step forward and go, do you know what? It feels like there's momentum here and everyone's behind it. Maybe I should be a bit more involved or at least exercise some of my curiosity a little. So really good question, Daniel. I can go on all night about that, but it's a, uh, that's a good primer for us there. Let's uh, see who's jumping in on Instagram. Maya Jadev, good to see you as well. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Kaza, Kaiser, Kaiser, uh, Bill. I don't know how I say your name. I'm sorry. Because it's all, it could be a first and second name stuck together. Good to see you here as well. Thanks for watching. Fun way you're back again. Uh, Patty Barbieri, good to see you too. Rick Crowley has written 100% of my confidential discussions are in my DMs. It is a tight niche and some amazing successes, but I need to grow and finding very difficult. Always ask yourself, remember about DMs. This is back on the previous one. With DMs, Rick, what's crucial is that you understand it is evolution from content that drives a good outcome with a DM. People who do outreach with DMs as the first step, they content on this recently, the first step in their process of, of persuasion are off to a hard start. If I send a DM to you first cold, it's going to be exceedingly difficult to warm you up uh, without any kind of concern over what, I, what my agenda might be. So I have to go in completely based on just like, hey, how's it going, being interested in you and take the long route. DMs serve a great purpose in my experience in of the sales process when they come a step further down the line to content first. Let content be compelling. Let it be gravity that draws people in. Interesting enough for some, they start commenting or even DM you, but like, likely comment and engage or check it out or react or something. And that's your contextual um, earned right to be able to respond to uh, their action. So, a, you know, a reaction or a comment um, and, and get in touch with them that way. So DMs is the second step after great content. Hands down is the way to do it. So um my business is driven typically by um I, I get a lot of referrals but the but the content drives inbound interest via a comment or, or a dm on the part of the prospect um that comes originally from uh, not just great content but a call to action that's well placed that that makes people think i'd like to speak to this guy that's what is crucial that's where the successes come from and that allows you to create something that is uh, you can easily duplicate it each week or so rather than wondering when the next DM is going to come out out of nowhere. You know, it, it's about saying I can craft these results by having wonderful content. And like it's if people are like, oh, yeah, but I can't write content. Same for me. When I started, I couldn't write great content. It gets better when you practice and it gets better when you like people are falling over themselves online to show you how to write great copy. Check out, there's a guy on in a Facebook right now. He's just a genius at copywriting. Mitch Miller is fantastic copy. Not everything is sort of, is not necessarily for um, uh, consumption on on uh, on your on your business page, but I do think that he's a great 
write good content. I also would say that um, you could just go to YouTube and check out how to write great content. Between that and all the blogs on, on you know, if you do a Google search, you can't really miss uh, for great advice. So like, go practice. And if you can get great content right, you draw people in and with them stepping forward and showing some display of appreciation or interest in your content, again, that earned right is there naturally for you to want to, to be able to step in and start the DMs. It basically gets rid of it, melts away all of those barriers and you, you start in a really great position of people, of someone appreciating what you've just done and then you naturally can engage with them right away. It works so well, it's my, my approach. Uh, Tox Fashion, good to see you here. Home build underscore solutions, good to hear as well. My man, Dave Katagu as well, congratulations to see you too. Uh, Rick Cowley has added, thank you, Richard. My content attracts DMs, but I've stalled. I think my original question was a little misleading, no worries. Uh, get in touch, DM me, my man. Let me, happy to help you, no problem at all. Um, uh, Coach Kerry K, love the referral mentions. Yeah, you should definitely check out um, uh, Mitch Miller's really exciting uh, content he writes. Let's see what people are writing. Um, uh, Daniel on Facebook, Mitch Mellows. Um, Mitch Miller, so M-I-L-L-E-R, I think it is. Um, you'll know when you see him, he's, he's like, he's just got great content uh, copy. I'm sure plenty of other people do, but it's very well written. I don't know if he's from Langley, you know. Uh, LinkedIn, Jonathan Deutsch has, has added, brilliant points here, Richard. I come from the live events well. I cannot stress how important reach out, reaching out to, and run off the, it goes off the page. I don't know what the rest of you said. <laughs> reaching out to uh, in each individual is, doesn't matter. I'm trying to read it here through the really dodgy interface. Hang on. Um, doesn't matter what uh, channel they come from, even just the relationships built are, again, uh, useful if you uh, if you uh, don't convert. You're absolutely right. Sorry, I had trouble reading that. What you're saying here is even if you can't convert someone, you've got a great relationship, remember that you're still building a great network and there's so much upside, even if you don't get a deal with someone in, in doing a good job of building a relationship because they all hang out and stick, with, stick around you. Now you've got a connection that might refer you or talk to someone else about you. Happens all the time. So even if people aren't a good deal, make, make them a good follower, you know, make them a good connection. They'll show up for you in other ways instead. It's a really good point there. Uh, thanks so much for sharing. Uh, Richard Playfair, you're here as well. Hashtag Team Life. If you're watching right now, if you just jumped in, welcome to Startup Business Q&A episode 226. You haven't missed the giveaway yet. I'm just about to do it. Uh, we're talking about persuasion in sales. So if you have a question on that, do pop it into the comments below watching. We're live on Instagram Facebook and LinkedIn today. And if you have a, um, uh, if you're watching live, put in hashtag team live and where you're watching from, or if you're watching later on, hashtag team replay. Next week, again, we're going live with Restream. Make sure you watch this one. It's the, the inaugural one when, where I'm in partnership now with a Restream as of next week um, for this uh, Startup Business Q&A uh, each week. The reason why I'm doing it is it allows us to step up a level in terms of giveaways and things for you lot, but also it allows us to have a more robust platform to build out the live streams. Um, truth is you don't get masses of great traffic uh, unless you really, really, really work at it uh, on these platforms. And I think that um, by me stepping up a level with Restream and, and, us, and starting to invest literally money directly in boosting the um, uh, people visiting these these live streams. We could do a lot of good for people. So thank you very much, uh, Restream, for reaching out and uh, organizing the partnership. Let's go to the 
let's go to the giveaway then. So this week, I or last week, even was Monday. Last week, I put a question into the chat in the Entrepreneur Business Group. Entrepreneur Business Group is on Facebook. If you want to join it, just search Entrepreneur Business Group. You'll see it there. And the question I literally wrote was, what has 2020 taught you about business? So why don't you put into uh, the comments, what has 2020 taught you about business, uh, you directly? So many amazing um, submissions. Thank you. I, I copied and pasted like five or six just to give you some examples of some of the things people are coming up with. Some really simple ones. For, so, for instance, Jason Thomas wrote family is way more important. That's what it's taught him about business. Uh, David Coe, my man, has uh, added certainty doesn't exist. Uh, he said that 2020 has taught him that change is the only certain thing. Those who win in business and life are those who can pivot and adapt with the times. No truer words spoken, mate. Um, Zach Houston added, no one cares about you. You must make the effort to reach out. You cannot blame them for not telling you X. I, like that is just how I feel about things. Absolutely right. It's all you, all on you. Absolutely brilliant. No one cares about you. You must make the effort to reach out. Don't lament over having no results. Uh, you need to go and get people. I totally agree. Uh, in marketing, coaching, uh, marketing, why coaching on Instagram has added it's an opportunity. I think it's a really up, you know, a really positive way of looking at 2020. I think it really has been an opportunity. I definitely feel I've done uh, better by focusing on the right things here. Um, but add in on Facebook and LinkedIn as well if you wish um, what, you, what 2020 has taught you. A couple of others, uh, Brandy Holloway wrote quite a bit. So I paraphrase, I caught, in fact, I didn't. I took the last couple of lines, but she wrote a really profound uh, comment. Um, and she also added in there, disease is always there. Uncertainty is always there. Opportunity is always there. COVID just shut everyone's autopilot switch off and forced them to see and feel what's going on in the world. I think that's a really um, good insight as to a great way of looking at this, actually. Really good point. Thank you, Brandy. Rodney Wise, he added, um, disruptions can be profitable, just like Uber covid is a disruptor it's during dis times of disruption that fortunes are made this and what another 30 40 other great submissions came through the group over the weekend really great comments thank you everyone who jumped in uh on that and um the winner look what look what happens when you join my group right you can win money or books or courses or lots of other fun things as well isn't these these groups where people just spam memes at each other? This is actually something valuable. Look, great ideas and great knowledge coming from the from the members of the group. I really appreciate it, and I think just an amazing bunch of people in there. So well done. If you should, I mean, you should join if you're in the space. That question winner wrote this: There is something positive to come out of every situation. Sometimes the hardest times push you to evaluate your methods and force you to be creative. I love that, it was really simple and to the point. Uh, Virginia Rosa Stuke, well done. I think I've said your name right. Uh, really well done to you. Uh, thank you very much for submitting that. The thing she, that 2020 has taught her about business, there's, not, there's something positive to come out of every situation. Sometimes the hardest times push you to evaluate your methods and force you to be creative. Well done to you, $50 will be flying over to you. Um, after the live stream. So thank you very much. Ian Benjamin has added embrace social 
diving headfirst and be bold is what I've learned. Daniel Nunes, yeah, it disrupted the entire world. It certainly did. I totally agree. Yanis, uh, Georgiakopoulos on uh, LinkedIn has added, no uncertainty, no opportunity. What sort of a world would that be? Quite right. It'd be kind of boring in my opinion, although notwithstanding the difficulties we've had uh, with COVID, if there was no uncertainty uh, or opportunity, would be very boring indeed. I totally agree with you. And uh, congratulations, Virginia says, Daniel, thank you very much for joining in, Dan. So, um, last let's do one more question unless anyone wants to add anything on persuasion questions about persuasion in sales uh we have a question from james perry and he said richard how do you deal with any objections in a persuasive manner either through dm or on a call there's a process there's actually two types of objections i, I remember i often would teach this um uh in city when i was trading uh, a lot of people there prior to the coronavirus um, and there's two types of objections one is a real objection one where it's you know measured and they're actually giving you a problem that they have with your proposition and the other is a fake one or like a knee-jerk object object objection a knee-jerk objection is simply where someone isn't interested they're just trying to get rid of you but a real one is where they're actually interested and you should view it as feedback the reason why someone gives you a real objection is they're kind of interested but they're not quite there yet, um, as opposed to a knee-jerk or fake objection, or not, or not real objection, where they're like, just trying to get rid of you because they're not interested in the slightest. So you need to know the process for both. For a, uh, for a knee-jerk objection, actually a really good thing to do is agree and then restate it and then continue. So for instance, if this doesn't happen anymore, because I don't do outbound, but if someone's to say something like, you know, could you send an email? Then you, you don't go, I'm not going to send an email. I want to speak to you instead, because that's just putting up barriers and creating arguments. Instead, be more persuasive, be more accommodating. And you, you agree. You say, yeah, sure, happy to send a, an email. Makes sense to explain this first, though. And then you just carry on. And, you you know, but what, what it is is also good feedback that they're just not interested in trying to get rid of you. So it is good feedback for those with ego that your pitch wasn't good enough. Because if, if you give someone a bit of a pitch and they say, send me an email, it means you weren't compelling enough. So it's your fault. That's, you earned that level of objection. You don't get the knee-jerk objection if you were more persuasive or interesting. So it is good feedback. And those that continually get these knee-jerk reactions need to audit how they're approaching. I say how they're approaching because it could be the wording, but it could also be the method. It could be that you're spamming people through DMs and no one's interested. It could be that you're cold calling and just doing it in the wrong way. So you've got to think about why someone might be giving you that knee-jerk reaction. It's a very valuable thing when someone's like, go away, because it means you just did something that, that basically aligned you with those people that historically have proven themselves to be a waste of time. So it's tremendously powerful and it's funny when people are like, oh, I'm having a terrible day. Everyone keeps hanging up on me. And it's, you know, it's interesting because you're the commonality on each of those phone calls. You're the commonality on all the, the emails. You're the commonality on all the DMs. If no one's responding, it's you, not them. It means that what you're writing or your approach is incorrect. Sometimes your approach is incorrect because actually a cold call is not as good as maybe doing a DM around the back door, you know, or meeting someone in a business event, or maybe trying a slightly different approach. 
a pitch via a DM for the in first DM is utter stupidity because no one wants to be sold to before they know you. So things like this need to be considered. We're going to look at real objections. The process is different. The process is you first you need to show them um, that you're listening. And the best thing to do there is acknowledge it okay, and say, okay, so you're saying this. Well, I get that this is an issue. And remember, sometimes a real objection isn't explicit. Sometimes a real objection exists and it's in your intuition that you feel that there's an issue. So, for instance, you're talking to someone, you're getting on really well, and then they go a bit quiet on you. Okay, there's a real objection right there. They haven't articulated it verbally, but what has happened is something's changed. So, if you're in your gut, you're like, something's gone there. I've lost this person. Call it. You're probably right. You know, but by the time you're a grown up, you're a master of the art of communication. So, you need to look out for the cues you would observe in the real world you know someone suddenly goes cold and you're like it's like no i don't know well then you need to call it do you know what it feels like i lost you there like what what's what have i missed we were getting on well now this is not quite right be candid it really works well so show them that you are listening um by by saying what's going on you know right in front of you acknowledge that there's a problem if someone does explicitly tell you that's such a great sign I'm not just saying that so you feel better about objections. It's a, such a good sign, James, because what's happening here is that person is displaying that your relationship is such that they're not going, they're sticking around and going as far as telling you. Because it's easier to not bother just to listen, then get off the phone or get off the call or get off the meeting and just leave it at that. It's easier to give you the soft no, but it's far more effective, a display, or a far better display of relationship rather, if, uh, if they're sharing that there's a problem, what they're doing is they're trying to collaborate out of the issue, that they want to try and tackle it. Brilliant. So when they share the problem and you've acknowledged it, then you try and handle it. You say, okay, so so I think I understand this is what you're saying. Here's how I, I think I can fix it in whatever way you want to fix it. And then the crucial part that most people miss is that they don't check that they've handled the problem. Because if you haven't handled the problem prop fully, as in effectively got rid of the objection, that objection is still there. And just because you've said the things that you believe to have fixed the problem, it doesn't mean you've fixed the problem. It means you've just said the things you think would work. So only when they're convinced that you've fixed the problem and you're convinced that they are, have you, have you fixed the actual problem. Got it. This is really important to get that. So make sure you check at the end of handling in whatever way you say. So can you see this is how we'll deal with that issue? Does that feel good? And they're like, and you know, you can see it on them. Like they're like, that's exactly it. That's exactly how I. That's exactly what I needed to hear. I feel so much better now. I had one a while back. I remember where they're like, I don't know, uh, this isn't quite right. And then I just tweaked something, and they're like. That's it. That's exactly what I need. And I was like, I, I'm now convinced that they're convinced about this being right for us. So that was perfect. I checked. So it sounds like you feel better. Yeah, totally. No, that, that works for me now. You know, they got over that hump. The other thing to bear in mind is that you mustn't put ego in here. If someone has an objection with what, what you're offering, it's like an objection 101 session. It's crucial you understand this part. Whatever their problem is, they are right. They are right. And the reason why is you may think they're being absurd that they don't get something or that they have a particular objection. 
for instance, they may think like the, the classic objection a lot of people get is it's too expensive, which is just the, because they've not conveyed value in the right way. But basically, if someone says that to you, they're right. It is too expensive. Expensive is a subjective term. It means they feel it is too much money for what they're getting. And they are right. The reason why they are right, even though you disagree, is because your perspective is that it's not expensive, but theirs is the one that matters. At this current stage, with the information they have and the experience they've had with you, they feel that what you're offering is too expensive. So they're right with the information they have. So you now need to invite them to see that there's another way. And you need to show them that there's a better way of looking at it that, that commands the fee you're asking or whatever you're asking in return of the transaction that they get the value they're gonna, that they actually really want. And so again, you would, can you see here, you would acknowledge it. You see, you say, it feels like you think this is too much. Why, what, what, what am I missing here? And then you work through and you explain why it's actually worth a bit more. And when they get it and they're like, oh, okay, oh, I see now, then you're in. That, that's how it works. So you have to go back, loop back and check. And if it doesn't feel right, you loop back and you check. And that's how it is. But let me just say this. For all the salespeople out there who are learning sales right now and they're doing it in the classic way, the classic way of selling. I've been around for 18 years in sales. So I know this well. I've trained it to thousands of people the thing i know for a fact is the classic way of selling is pitch draw out objections handle objections retrospectively that's the worst way well aside from ignoring objections the worst way to handle objections is retrospectively like that far better is to preemptively strike against objections by handling them so they don't come up so after several pitches or meetings or, or attempts at selling your product, you should have a good handle on where the problem is. Why do people not buy your product you know, or your service? Write down the top reasons. There, by the way, there are only like six objections in the world, or they're, they're all variations of the same thing. What you do is you say to yourself, what are the things that keep coming up? For instance, it's too expensive, or for instance, this sounds like it's not really worth it or i don't know like it's the wrong time of year but if you keep getting the same objection over and over again you need to handle that preemptively so build into your pitch what you need to do or say that gets rid of that and if you get that right it really does solve this problem so you no longer have that objection coming up the best way to handle objection is preemptively so build it in what are you going to say that handles the, this problem so it never comes up in the first place it's really essential that's just a brief part uh, to, to objection handling. There's so much more in that uh, in, uh, with regard to uh, persuasion as well. But if you check out the basics of sales course uh, of mine on, um, on uh, therichardmore.com, you can see more. Thank you very much, everyone, for checking this out uh, on Instagram. Zahab, Zarava, good to see you here as well. Uh, Take, good to see you as well. Uh, Sophie from Brighton Motions, nice to see you as well. Cezanne Caddius, some cool names on there. Also, let me see what, who we've got on, um, on well, well, I've got some interesting people all over on, Insta, on LinkedIn. I'm gonna have to read these messages after this non-stop. Someone decided to spam everyone, marvelous. Thank you, I appreciate the engagement, let's just say that. <laughs> I can't read all the comments because someone's spamming it, Never mind. Um, well done to Virginia for the amazing um, submission uh, in the Entrepreneur Business Group. Make sure you go join it right away. 
Entrepreneur Business Group is on Facebook. You search for simply Entrepreneur Business Group, you're there. Good to see you here. Thank you, Ian, for, for your watching as well. Entrepreneur Business Live is coming back soon. I'll give you more details as, as we roll it out. Next week, it's episode 227. That's 227 weeks of this. And we are starting the new partnership with Restream there as well. So I'm really excited about that too. Not much will look very different, but the point is we're working with them. So thank you very much uh, for them to, for reaching out. Have an amazing Monday. I'm looking forward to speaking to you later and have um, a good start or rest of the day, whatever you're up to. Take care. I'm going to exit, <laughs> exit on Instagram and I'll see you later, Facebook and also LinkedIn. Take care of yourself.